Without Fear, where we talk sex and society and everything in between. I'm Amber Radical, and I'm a birth worker here in Northern California, and I'm currently writing a book on my experience as a child rape victim during all the 90s moral panics. And if you want to support my many projects, please subscribe to this podcast and visit my website, www.amberadical.com. There's one R in that. That's amberradical.com. So, oh, I'm so sorry. My last podcast, I realized I went every few seconds. It is my natural tick. I didn't know I had until I became a podcaster. So today's episode might ruffle some feathers, but I don't really care. Plus, I already am making the t-shirts for it. So today I'm going to convince you to dump him. Him might be your dad or your boss or Trump or whoever. But today I am going to talk about your shitty, racist, and misogynistic boyfriend. And if you are just a good friend out there suffering through a friendship with a girlfriend going through this, maybe this podcast can help validate your points to empower her to take the trash out. All right. So we have all seen it. There is always a bright and brilliant progressive woman in our circle shrinking herself. She's shrinking her beliefs and her values and her politics to maintain her romantic relationship with a piece of garbage. And surely we all see its destiny to fail, but we wait and we support her through their almost breakups because of all their moral differences. And then you pretend like you like him again during the next awful Saturday game night or whatever. It's cringy. It's uncomfortable. But like, how long do we have to go without acknowledging this relationship isn't just garbage for her. It's garbage for us to sit through. We don't date this dude. We don't say the things he does. We don't want to laugh with him. We don't want to add people like this to our circle for a fucking reason. So I've been sleeping with men for a minute now, and my non-PhD observation of the typical cis male is that as long as a man is putting his shit ideas and beliefs out there in society, and he goes home with a woman he's married to or found on Tinder, and he gets laid at the end of the day, he is getting confirmation that his viewpoints of the world are working for him and getting him where he wants. It's true. He will he will get a job being a dick. He will have his guy friends being a dick. He will make the team. He will get the laughs at the party. And literally the only control we have with these assholes are whether or not we sleep with them and hang on their white privilege coattails and coast through this cushy life with them while squashing our sisters in the process. So don't fucking sleep with them. There are real men out there who fight for our rights and proudly claim feminism and are actively anti-racist. If you're going to sleep with a cis white male, sleep with them. Validate their hard work. Being anti-misogynistic and anti-racist is not just defined by what you believe, but by who you choose to surround yourself with and be complicit in their behaviors with. I understand that elevating your feminism and activism means that we have a lot of unlearning of patriarchal ideas that have been ingrained in us, that we've internalized, that all of these ideas that we have to be pretty, to be nice, and to be submissive, quiet, and desirable, all of those ideas have been ingrained in us, and they are very difficult to break. But being on the right side of social justice is never comfortable. You can't be anti-racist, anti-feminist, anti-capitalist, while also getting the privilege of being viewed as pretty and desirable. Welcome to how women of color feel, accused of being less desirable, angry, loud, mean. People don't think equality is cute. 
No one thinks standing up to the bully is cool, but male validation will never fulfill you because it will be at the cost of your authenticity and at the cost of the feelings of your people, your sisters. When he talks about all women, he talks about me. Like my favorite Keith Green performance, The Sheeps and the Goats, he talks about how we'll be divided at the end by what we do and what we don't do. They will be divided by what they did and didn't do, and so will you. Because what you do to the least of your brothers and sisters, you do unto me. That is not just a holy testament. It is true for society all the way through. These cis men's attacks on womanhood, whether behind a pulpit or on his recliner safe in your home, they are attacks on all women. I love this quote from this woman named Rachel Ricketts. I just started following her blog, and she says, There are enough people with enough power to create change. I'm talking to white women. The gift and beauty of being an oppressed oppressor is that you have your heart open in a way to what oppression actually is and how it feels. So you are more willing to transform that. That is where loving anger can be utilized. When the leading cause of death for women isn't domestic violence, and when black women and babies aren't dying at excessively higher rates than white counterparts, when men aren't making laws for women's reproductive rights, when women aren't being murdered for their purity loss, when women aren't experiencing education and financial inequity across the globe, maybe when some of that chills down, I wouldn't care so much about who you're fucking and validating at the cost of mine and other women's lives. I sometimes imagine our ancestors who were burned at the stake for less sons than I, rolling in their graves every time Captain Stupid grabs a big scoop of Copenhagen and mumbles some Make America Great Again trash. Intelligent input, darling, why don't you just have another beer then? Remember this, calling out racism in someone is a test of their character. If they are receptive, it shows that maybe there's hope. But if not, put a for sale sign on that pussy and get the fuck out of town. There's plenty of not racist fish in the sea. Sometimes their response to being called out is far more illuminating than the harmful thing that they said in the first place. If his expected response is giving you anticipated fear or anxiety, then likely we are right that his racism and misogyny are serious red flags and proof that these cruel and toxic character traits are reflective of all-around abusive potential. And that leads us to why we are having this conversation in the first place, to save all women, including you. So dump him, please. I cannot leave this conversation without talking about female misogyny. I have been coming to terms with my own internalized female misogyny, the misogyny that has been internalized in my girlfriends and my sisters and our mothers. And as I start to read different books from different eras, I have been finding that there are different types of internalized female misogyny. So I'm going to get... I'm going to cue in the scientists here, and I am going to quote Psychology Today's website. They break down the four types of female misogynists. So they break them down into four groups. There is the misogynistic Puritan. There's the misogynistic self-critic. There's the misogynistic self-loather. And there's the misogynistic she-devil. And I'm sure that there's all kinds, but we can kind of pretty much spot these type of misogynists in our circles, in our worlds, and in our workplaces. There are women working against women's rights, and it's all because of how male oppression has affected us and our survival mechanisms to fighting misogyny can often become 
are us internalizing it, right? To we we end up projecting misogyny if we have not completely broken it down within ourselves. So in the ways that we harm ourselves, we are harming women. So when we hear women hate themselves, when we hear their partners hate women, they are doing that to everyone. So the four types of misogynists. The misogynistic Puritan, I am going to quote right from the website, their definitions. The misogynistic Puritan takes the ideal woman to be domestic, subservient, nurturing, kind, mild-tempered, alluring, youthful, and sexually pure prior to marriage. She has adopted this feminine ideal from her misogynistic husband, family, or acquaintances. She takes herself to be pretty darn close to the feminine ideal. She is subservient, always standing behind her man as a solid pillar of support. She hates women who deviate from the feminine ideal and takes it to be her life's mission to find ways to discipline them and ultimately get them on the right track. They use Michelle Duggar as the example here, which I think is spot on, and they quote Michelle Duggar's advice on how women can keep their husbands happy. She says, and so be available and not just available, but be joyfully available for him. Smile and be willing to say, yes, sweetie, I am here for you. No matter what, even though you may be exhausted and big pregnant and you may not feel like he feels. Next month, I will be bringing in a guest to speak on a book that was given to her at the beginning of her marriage that spoke the same ministry to her and the damage that she has had to unravel since. I'm super excited to bring her on the show because I relate to so much of this upbringing within my church and my religious, all the religious abuse that I experienced experienced, um, within the many churches that I went to. The next type of misogynist is the misogynistic self-critic. They define it as the misogynistic self-critic is disdained towards women who are not very feminine, whether it's because they chose not to be or because they are just bad at acting in a traditional way. For instance, women she takes to be too fat, too big, too masculine, too angry, too loud, too competitive, too hardcore, too alpha. She is in favor of traditional gender roles and will use any opportunity she gets to preach their social virtue. Women should be dominant alphas, and women should be soft and compliant. She may regard herself as one of the feminine misfits. They quote an author, Suzanne Vinker. Vinker? She's the author of The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage, How Love Works, and she writes this. Women have become too much like men. They're too competitive, too masculine, too alpha. She attributes modern women's inability to find lasting love to their need to dominate and overpower. Women who want to find lasting love, she argues, need to be soft instead of hard. They need to uncover their femininity. She relates how she used to resent having to be feminine to get along with her husband. But her alpha ways were bumping up against his alpha nature, she writes. We were like two bulls hanging out in the same pen together, and there was too much friction. So, she decided to embrace her femininity. She reports on what she learned. It goes on um, to say a lot more garbage. Thank you, Susie. What would we do without your book? The next one is the misogynistic self-loather. They have defined this as one who has adopted a general attitude of contempt towards every one of her own filthy kind, including herself. She regards women, including herself, as promiscuous, manipulative, dishonest, irrational, incompetent, or unintelligent. She tends to be in denial about her own self-loathing, but not usually about her contempt for other women. 
She is the one who will feel safe with you to share her sex stories because you're empowered with your own. And then make sure to call yourself call herself a whore for her latest weekend. To make sure she's setting a standard for you both while claiming, oh, it's just me. I don't like sleeping around because it makes me a whore. I didn't say you. I don't see other women like that. Yes, the fuck you do. If you think you're a whore for enjoying a date last weekend, then you think I am too. If you think your body doesn't belong in a crop top, then you're projecting that there's an acceptable body and an unacceptable body, and we both we both belong in the crop top. Stop hating yourself because then you're hating me. Like my favorite artist Jewel sings, do you hate her because she's just pieces of you? And the next one is the misogynistic she-devil. They define this one as the she-devil sees herself as superior to other women and at least on a level with, if not above, the top alpha males she's encountered. In her view, other women are manipulative, dishonest, irrational, incompetent, or unintelligent, but somehow she is exempted. She might possess some of the stereotypical feminine virtues like beauty and slenderness, but she perceives herself as instant... I read this word before I started this podcast because I'd never actually seen it spelt. It was one word that I knew from vocabulary, and now I'm not going to get it out. But she perceives herself as the stereotypical masculine virtues of intelligence, the strength of character and rationality, and her behavior is more manly than that of her male coworkers, classmates, or friends. Don't be surprised if she can outdrink them all. They go on to say she is in constant competition with other women and would rather kick a woman off the career ladder or out of school than help her progress. But she masterfully escapes detection and punishment for her bad behavior. As you wait for the elevator with your box of memorabilia and your withering office plant, your rival is one step further up the career ladder and her triumphant laughter is hanging in the air. She is host to dark personality traits. Her firm belief that she is superior to other women points mostly strongly to narcissism. But narcissistic traits are also routinely present in borderline personalities and psychopaths. In the general population, dark traits tend to be subclinical, which means that they are not associated with the level of dysfunction seen in clinical cases. But mixing high functionality with sinister character traits is more likely to give you a Molotov cocktail than a cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan. Ah. So this reminds me of the book that I'm always uninternalizing that was given to me as a young girl, which was called Act Like a Lady and Think Like a Man, which the title like says enough to make you want to vomit. And I still cannot believe that this was given to me by my my family, my parents. This was given to me as an expectation of what type of woman they were hoping that they were raising. Um, it's kind of capitalizing on the sexy straight tomboy vibe, one that can keep up with the men, but does it more desirably by male standards. So they're still like fuckable, right? So anyways, we can get deep into feminism, internalized oppression and intersectionality, but I'm going to save that for some other podcasts. I'm going to wrap this up by encouraging you to check out my well, my boyfriend's design for this podcast. I'm going to make it the cover art for this. So if you saw a different cover art for this episode, that is the design that will be going on to t-shirts, bags, patches. And it was based on my idea for this podcast. 
I am starting a little grassroots screen printing gig here at home to make stuff for me and my friends and you, my listeners. Lots of big stuff happening. So I already have a shop on my website and I will be getting all of my products as they are made up on there. But I want you to also be looking forward to joining my Patreon and that will be part of my merch. I will be leveling up the merch with this design and my future designs. And I'm super stoked to be getting some good political wear out and some good feminist wear out for everybody to enjoy. And of course, I will be recycling materials and making sure that I am doing the earth as good as I can during the process. So I will be putting links in the episode notes and keep checking back, but I'll continue to update the progress on the merch throughout the upcoming episodes. And I'll let you know when it's all ready to buy. I'm so excited, guys. So thanks again for listening. I hope your girlfriends dump him as hard as we dump Trump. And make sure to subscribe. And I will see you next time on Sex Without Fear. And by the way, if you have heard this music that is included in this new episode and how I fixed my intro with the music, that is me and my cute boyfriend doing our little duet to make my intro song and you are about to hear the rest of it right now so enjoy now and all future episodes Yeah.